Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are going to choose to mostly ignore the Knicks-Nuggets game that occurred today. We're instead going to talk about Luca Vildoza, new point guard, combo guard signing. And Gavin, we got a couple couple mailbag questions as well. We just put out a solicitation for if anybody had a couple things to ask us. Yeah, Alex, um, I I wasn't even aware there was a game tonight. So uh, this is this actually worked out really well for me. Um, we, we got a question about the Vildoza signing um, and what the implications of that are for next year. And uh, then we're going to break down, and, and this is good because we kind of cap off a conversation we didn't finish with Benji last night, um, a question about our ideal 10-man playoff rotation, our top three Clyde phrases slash sayings, then we got a final question um, that neither of us really know what to make of because this is about something that happened in the game and that clearly happened at a point where you and I, Alex, are both tuning out. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Gavin and I today at 5.30 p.m. on Locker Room to get in on the action. We've had a great time with you guys talking Knicks every single time that we've come on. Uh, Unfortunately, it's going to be talking about probably this horrible loss, which is still going to be stinging everybody. So, you know, bring bring some interesting big picture stuff, maybe some playoff stuff. Let's not lose sight of the... The big picture here, but we'll be on Locker Room again today, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to download the app, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land in your web browser. He's Gavin Shaw, play-by-play man by day, and Nick's podcaster by night. In this case, again, Gavin, late at night. We're, we're recording uh, a little after midnight here. Because it's it's another late night Knicks game, although it only gets better from here. I think it's like ten o'clock uh, on Friday night for the Suns, ten thirty next Tuesday for the Lakers. That ought to be a great time. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this game, I don't even want to talk about it. I, you know, I, I said before the show, I I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'll let you give your experience of it real quick before we get into these uh, few questions we got in the Vildoza signing and everything. But I tuned out. At about twenty-seven to six, I know that we're supposed to watch these games all the way through, but like, I, I, I know I can speak for both of us when I say that like we've watched pretty much every one of the Knicks games this year, and uh, so to to have to try to keep full concentration through a game with, that they were clearly just destined to lose by twenty, uh, I just couldn't do it. I, I was there in fits and spurts, looking up, you know, keeping up with the action, but. I just I couldn't bring myself to to watch this one after how bad it started and it was it was truly terrible. I mean that I'm not that's not hyperbole. They actually started the game down 27 to 6 in the first quarter. I think that was the 
or 28 to seven, maybe, I don't know, something like that. Uh, that that was the score in the first quarter with like not quite three minutes to go. They they hadn't even broken double digits yet. It was it was very very ugly, Gavin. Yeah, I think our um, our bad game watching muscles have atrophied. We're, we're like the people during COVID who were in incredible shape and then just didn't work out for a year, and it's it's really showing. Where we had uh, we had three years, Alex, of bulking up on just horrible horrible Knicks losses, just chewing on those built bars of defeat and uh and now we had a full we've had this full stretch of uh beautiful basketball and the nuggets it was it was a rude awakening of a, a, a brutal return back to the Knicks hard pass luckily i don't think it'll go past this game but um only i'll, I'll just go rapid fire only basketball notes i had from this one was i was impressed that uh, d rose still managed at least in the first half to have a really good game had probably the play of the game with like this one foot falling backwards, like zip pass to Noel for a dunk. Speaking of Noel, after getting absolutely sunned by Jokic in the first quarter, came back to have a pretty good game. I think I'm not even looking at the stats, but I think finished with about four blocks and had had six, a few beauties actually. of six. Jesus, um, mm-hmm. including a nice uh, come from behind one on uh, Compazzo. Uh, he was he had some pretty spectacular moments. Defensively, RJ had one little nice run in the third where he hit three threes on four possessions. And then the only other thing, and maybe this leads us into our the playoff question we got, Alex, um, on Julius Randle, um, he, he really struggled in this one and just didn't have any energy. And I thought Denver did a really good job because teams have been getting burned all year when they try to bring double teams on him early in a possession. And Randle can just sort of survey the floor and pick apart a defense at his leisure. But in this one... They brought doubles late as he was finishing his drives or as he was finishing his moves. And I think it was mostly just an off night for him. I don't really want to read too much into one game, but they really caught him off guard. And I'm curious if teams start to do that a little bit more often. I think Denver was particularly smart, particularly opportunistic, particularly um, well-executing in in their game plan. But um, I'm sure the Knicks are going to see some of that in the playoffs. And it's really on Randall to I mean even when he's having a little bit of a slow night in terms of getting a shot going to continue to be really anticipatory to keep his head up because this is a capacity he obviously really really struggled in the past and and not one you really want to see him regress on but with that Alex um, I'm, I'm, I'm just about done uh, what, what do you want our first uh, mailbag question to be that we go over well why don't we uh, let's introduce the Vildoza news real quick so we'll just bring up the uh the news story here. So Luca Vildoza, it had been rumored for uh, a number of weeks now that, or maybe like a week or two, I don't know. Time is a flat circle that he was going to uh, end up on the Knicks. And uh, so it finally happened today. They technically speaking waived uh, Jared Harper sort of, or they converted his deal to a two way deal, his 10 day contract that they had signed him on uh, to sort of pay him a little extra. So they converted him back to a two-way deal, and then they signed Vildoza. They signed him to a four-year, $13.6 million deal, so not insignificant uh, as far as amounts concerned. However, the last three years are apparently non-guaranteed. So it's kind of similar to that Austin Rivers contract they had set themselves up with where all the rest of the years other than this year, which, I mean, he's he's only getting paid for like 10 more games left this year. Uh, so I don't know exactly how that works out cap math wise as to what he would get paid next year if they decide to pick up the option. But it, a pretty intriguing, intriguing dude uh, for the Knicks to pick up, um, which we can sort of talk about 
in the next segment a little bit, but I want to just sort of introduce the news there. But we do have a, a good mailbag question about that to lead off the next segment here. But Gavin, uh, you know, my head's feeling a little a little foggy after this game. You know, I, I feel like I need to calm myself down a little bit. Do you know of anywhere I could go to potentially clear this one out and get ready for the Suns game on Friday and hopefully have no trace of this Nuggets game left in my brain? Yeah, I was going to say, Alex, there, there are a lot of clinical studies over the years that show the, the single best way in the world to deal with immense stress and grief and just just pain is uh, is meditation. And uh, there's no better place to, med- to meditate than with Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helps you sleep, focus, act, be better? Well, now there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Um, I started meditating about three years ago at this point. I still want to get more consistent with it. I started doing transcendental meditation, but I found um, I needed I needed a little bit of a little bit of help to get going. And I really really enjoy Headspace because they guide you from step one until the end. And you just sort of feel like you're sitting there with an instructor and kind of going through it. And they have these like incredible, relaxing voices. And uh, it, it's the ability to um, to make your feelings feel temporary and uh, relatively unimportant. I probably didn't do a good job describing that, but you can tune to Headspace to get a better explanation. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash lockdownmba. That's headspace.com slash lockdownmba for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash lockdownmba today. All right, guys, uh, we are back on Locked on Knicks. And as promised, we told you we would uh, get into some mailbag questions. The first one comes from uh, my stunt doubles, stunt double, great username, at Progducto on Twitter. Uh, great follow. Uh, go, go check him out. Always interacts with the account, so shout out to him. Um, with the Vildoza signing, likely lineup at the point guard shaking out next year, and what do you see with our draft picks and what priorities are going to be with them? All right, so that, that's an interesting multifaceted question, Alex. And I'm I'm intrigued if Vildoza dictates their offseason strategy at all. I would I would assume not. And and he's the type of signing where, I mean, especially given those three non-guaranteed years, where if it works out, it's sort of a luxury. And if it doesn't, you can kind of wipe your hands clean of it and say, all right, we tried that, didn't really work. I have a feeling he's going to be a pretty good uh, player for the Knicks, obviously. Um, our, our year spent with Pablo Prigioni w- was a great one, and we watched uh, Facundo Campazzo, uh tear up the Knicks tonight with his uh, KG Argentinian-style game. I'm expecting similar stuff from Luca, but how do you feel about all that, Alex? Do you, do you think he's someone who the Knicks are 
are genuinely um, factoring into the roster construction next season? I would say probably, right? Like this this move to me, it, it was sort of put, you know, Woj put it this way in his in his little article and like like tweet about it, that this is like them getting a jump on free agency. Like it sounds like, it sounds like Luca was a pretty desirable international free agent this year. And people might say like, oh, if he was so desirable, why didn't he get drafted a number of years ago? And like, he just didn't develop then, you know, he's, he's a late bloomer, I guess, you know, like he probably put his name in for the NBA draft a number of years ago, got overlooked and then just said, whatever, I'll just keep playing in, in Europe and now played for Basconia. I mean, he's not, not a insignificant dude here in the grand scheme of things. Like for Basconia, he, uh, he was their captain this year at 25 years old, which is pretty legit. And also um, he was the MVP of the finals last year, which Basconia won in the uh, EuroLeague, which is also no small feat. So, I mean, I, I think this, this dude is pretty, pretty sought after, you know, it sounds like based off some of the reporting that I'm reading that teams in the NBA have been kind of kicking the tires on him for a number of years now. And, it was going to take the right sort of deal to get him over to the U S and the Knicks finally, you know, were the team that swayed him to come over. So, you know, all that is to say the contract is very flexible. So yes, you do get easy outs at any point if you want to, but I do think, I, I don't know that they would have made this signing if they weren't planning on at least strongly considering him uh, for next year's roster and considering him a guy that could potentially, you know, make an impact next year. And I think that he offers a lot of what this team, you know, wants and needs on a on a nightly basis, like the uh, you know the pull up shooting, um, the you know ball handling, the defense. You know, his his defense is passable. You know, the the one thing, and I should shout out on the Strickland today, we had a really great, I would say, the best. I mean, this is objective, but like the best breakdown of uh, Vildoza that I saw today because we had it kind of locked and loaded, ready to go from our contributor, Ted, who's at goat in NY on Twitter. So definitely check them out. Um, but like the, uh, the overall, you know, impression that I got from him is that he's almost kind of quickly esque in the sense that is a good perimeter game. Good passer um, seems just to have a really good feel for the game in general. Uh, maybe leaves a little bit to be desired as far as getting inside and finishing or actually a lot to be desired as far as that's concerned. Uh, and then, you know, on defense, we'll try really hard and has probably a little bit better of like prototypical size compared to quickly. Um, you know, it is is a little bit taller, I think, it, probably similar wingspan, but built a little bigger as well, which is good. So I, I think they definitely have have Luca in their plans for next year. Now, whether that affects their draft strategy or not, I don't know. Um, they might still go after a point guard of some sort in the, you know, twenties range that they're, they're currently in with their own and the Dallas's pick. They might take a shot on some other guys like a, you know, a BJ Boston or something, you know, they might just say, whatever, we'll just take the upside swings because we feel comfortable enough with our returning cast plus Vildoza, who we think is going to be, you know, a day one contributor. So we don't have to spend, you know, draft picks on some of these like win now, low ceiling type guys. We can really like shoot for the stars with these, you know, pick a couple guys that are, you know, slipped a little bit in the draft because of 
this concern or that concern, but have tons of natural talent, throw them into our development infrastructure and see what happens. So there's a, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's too soon to talk about how it's going to affect the draft strategy, just because a lot of what's going to go into that is just who falls to those picks on draft night. It's not like a normal Knicks draft year where we can say, okay, I think there's only reasonably four five, six guys that are going to be gone by the time the Knicks are picking. So we can make a real, reasonable guess as to who's going to be there when they're picking this year. It's more like, I mean, it's, it's unfamiliar territory, but they're going to be in the twenties. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a little different this year compared to how it's been in past years. And it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and how they value Vildoza. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, I think he, I think he plays a role and I think especially at MSG with a full crowd next year, there's something really exciting about having someone with his flair, like anyone who watched the, the little one-minute scouting clips, the the Mike Schmitzes and Spencer Perlmans of the world were tweeting out, um, his ability to hit the, those little like spinning fadeaways is, is really really exciting. Clearly, a high-level passer, a really really uh, really good three-point shooter, thirty-seven percent on on pretty decent volume this past year. The only thing that worries me that um, his touch looks exceptional when you just watch the highlights, but the fact that he's only 71% on free throws this year. And granted, that's just this season. Maybe in the past, he's been much higher. Um, concerns me a little bit because it suggests that the shooting maybe isn't quite as good as the, as, as the three-point numbers indicate. But who, who's to say? He, he does seem like someone who who is just flat out a shot maker, plays with a lot of creativity, um, and brings brings some flair that, I, I to your point, Alex, outside of IQ, the Knicks, I mean, I mean, D. Rose has his moments, but the Knicks don't really have at the point guard position. And I think just combining a lot of different guys like that, um, and 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 Tibbs's willingness to put out multi guard lineups, and you could, you could have him and IQ, you could have him and Rose, and, and assuming that they can hold up well enough defensively um, on offense, that's going to be a whole lot of fun to have that much passing and shooting and just overall creativity on the floor. And, and you're looking at a Knicks team next year, especially with with RJ having another year under his belt, with Randall um, continuing to develop as a passer. You're looking at a team that's going to be one of the better ball-sharing groups in the NBA. And over this win streak, they've already started to turn in that direction. I think Vildoza, if he's able to get up to 20 or so minutes a night, will continue to push in that direction. And to your point, even if they strike out on the Kyle Lowry's or Chris Paul's of the world, assuming they don't bring Elf back, God forbid, at this point, they'll be comfortable enough at the point guard position that you really can just go BPA in the draft. Uh, which I'm a big advocate of almost no matter how desperate your perceived need is at a certain position. But regardless of that, I think this gives them that extra flexibility to, to your point, to just say, hey, let's take the guy with, with the most upside or, or the guy most ready to contribute, whatever they prioritize, instead of saying, let's take the best point guard with the most upside or the best point guard that's most ready to contribute. So to me, that is exceptionally exciting. Um, but Alex, uh, we, we, we've talked a lot about Luca Vildoza, if you want to put some odds down on what the Knicks might do in the draft or how many wins they'll have next year with Luca Vildoza, Alex, we know a great place where you can go and do just that. Yeah, that is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. And on top of that, you could get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, 
NHL and all UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch or before the next tip-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, including, of course, the Knicks. Easy to forget after a stinker of a game, but they're still very much a solid playoff team. Uh, so if you head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Again, head to betonline.ag, sign up for an account, and you can use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And let me tell you too about where to go when you want to fix your car. Maybe you win some money off Bet Online and you say, man, now's the time to do that little cosmetic upgrade to my car that I've been holding off on doing. Or, you know, fix that taillight that's, you know, all fogged up or whatever. They got all the parts you need at rockauto.com. So look no further. The thing is, normally when you go to those brick and mortar stores, you walk in, they make you go through the ringer to to you know get your part that you need. It's they look it up for you, they tell you the price, they don't give you any options, they just kind of tell you whichever one costs the most that's gonna, you know, make them the most money rather than saving you the most money and giving you the part that you need. Or one that's sufficient, you know, they might give you something that's five levels higher than what you need as far as quality is concerned for for your job that you're looking to do. And that's where rockauto.com comes in. For example, you could order a fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. That'll cost you $353.99 at Advance Auto Parts versus just $216.79 at rockauto.com. Maybe there's a cyclical thing here. You you spend you know $140 less at Rock Auto than Advanced Auto Parts. Then you go reinvest that and bet online. You make some money, and then you come back and buy more auto parts. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money, but it could work out pretty good. And on top of it, rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So when you go to rockauto.com, you know that they're going to take care of you. And make sure that you find the part that you need and that you're not overpaying for what you need. So if you want to check out what's available for your car or truck, go to rockauto.com right now. Their website is super easy to navigate. You'll find it incredibly simple to find what you're looking for and get it delivered right to your door. And if you do, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right. And we're back for the last part of this episode. And Gavin, we took, you know, (laughs) I don't blame people. We asked, Hey, can anybody send us some mailbag questions? I'm sure most people will probably close Twitter for the night. By the time that we asked that it was like in the third quarter. So not a ton of questions, but that's kind of nice because we get to get through all of them tonight. Uh, This one comes from Aussie Nick fan at Aussie Nick fan on Twitter. And two questions. One is a serious question. One's a fun question. So we'll do serious first, then fun. Uh, serious question. What is your ideal 10-man rotation uh, the Knicks should play with in the playoffs? Gavin, I'll, I'll throw that to you first. If, if you were going to pick a 10-man rotation, what would it be? 
Oh, wow. Loaded question. All right. Well, you, you take... I mean, can the... we, we could probably, before we get too into it, we could probably eliminate the obvious ones. Right? I was going to say, you can take Alfred Payton right on out of there. He's, he's not playing in my personal playoff rotation. Uh, thank him for his contributions this year. But yeah, unless, bar, barring some injuries, he would he would not be in there. So I'll, I'll also, because I think I think at that point, the, the 10 guys become kind of obvious. Are we, we're assuming for this exercise that Ben Mitchell Robinson isn't back, right? Or... Yeah, I would assume Mitch isn't going to be back. It seems like it's probably going to be season-ending for him. Okay, all right. So uh, I'll just go up and down, and we'll see how close. We, we, we should be aiming to get to 240 minutes, and uh, people at home can, can calculate how close I, I get to that by just randomly assigning numbers to people. Uh, but Julius Randle, he's, uh, he's playing probably uh, about 40 minutes a night. Just because I think I think that's what Tibbs is gonna. I guess this is my ideal rotation, but yeah, I think I think forty minutes a night is about right, unless you want to get RJ and Bullock some time in small ball three four. I, I just think he's too essential to everything the Knicks do to rest him for long, and I think he's he's built up that kind of um, that kind of stamina throughout the regular season. Reggie Bullock probably around thirty minutes a night, I would say. Nerlens Noel. Uh, 28. I think Taj takes the other 20. That's your center position. Um, for Randall, obviously the the eight minutes he's not out there go to Obi. Um, though I I would certainly in, in my mind I think I'd play Obi the first game. And if it really wasn't going well and he was he's kind of getting exposed on both ends, I wouldn't be afraid if I was Tibbs to to um really just cut him out of the rotation after the first game and play RJ as a stretch four or play Reggie. As a stretch four, obviously it depends on your opponent um, for how feasible that is, but I, I don't really I don't really hate that scenario all that much. Um, let's see who else we got. All right, so D Rose, uh, thirty minutes a game as your starting point guard. R.J. Barrett, probably about I'm going to say around thirty four minutes a night, maybe a little bit less. And then uh, however many minutes you have left, I'm pretty much uh, splitting them between. IQ and Alec Burks, I think, yeah, I think that those are those are my last two guys. So it's, it's if I'm doing my math right, I'm I'm leaving that as a nine man rotation, and uh, obviously some variance from game to game depending on who's playing well and what everyone's bringing to the table. I, I think my, my my two core tenants that maybe not everyone will agree with is I wouldn't I, I would be pretty quick with with pulling Obi if he doesn't look ready for that stage, and I would give IQ a pretty long runway because I think him. Uh, and maybe this is hypocritical to the OB point, but I, I just think he's a more essential part of the Knicks' future. Uh, I'm ensuring that he gets time on the floor in key moments, and to me, that's it's it's not more important than winning any single game. But I think it, it's crucial that that happens at some point in, in the first round series, even even if he's struggling a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm with you as far as I I don't think it's going to be a ten man rotation. If anything, I could almost see it being like an eight man rotation with how Tibbs does things in the playoffs. You know, I don't. I think if it's especially if it's a first round series where it's like you kind of are operating with the with the knowledge of like, all right, if we get through this first round series, chances are we're running into a into like a one seed in the next round, whether that's the Sixers or the Nets, two teams that have kind of had the Knicks number. And I know they won't lay down and admit defeat, but I think even Tibbs would reasonably assume like, yeah, we'll, we'll probably take like two games off that team in the next round and we're not going to make the conference finals or anything. Maybe, you know, maybe you shocked the world a little bit, who knows, but that would just be my guess. 
in which case I, I think that he would have absolutely no reservations as if he has any at all normally about, you know, playing guys tons of minutes. So I think Randall, obviously 38 to 40 minutes per game. You could book that maybe even more. Uh, RJ obviously is going to play like 36 to 38 minutes a game, probably uh, maybe even more some nights if he's, you know, really providing that steady hand out there. Um, and, and of course, depends on Burks too. Like Burks kind of throws a wrench into that to some degree. Uh, I think Bullock will probably be the third highest minutes getter in like the 33 to 36 range. You know, Tibbs obviously trusts him a lot, although there's a lot of depth at that wing spot to kind of shuffle around. Um, then I think Burks would probably be one of my next top minute getters, you know, like 25 to 30 minutes per game, depending on how much he's feeling it. IQ, I would want to be in there too. I'm in agreement with you there, Gavin. I think he's got a game that's like made for the playoffs. You know, he has some shot creation, uh, efficient long range shot making ability, including off the off pull up and off the catch, and some you know distributing ability as well. Uh, Derek Rose, I, I can't believe I just kind of almost forgot. Uh, Derek Rose would also probably be in the similar range, of like 25 to 30. Well, actually. This is my ideal, so I, I can factor Alfred totally out of it. So I'll just go ahead and say Derek Rose starting 32 to 33 minutes a game. Um, Elf out of the rotation in my you know ideal world here. I would have Obi in there to spell Randall for whatever minutes that he's not playing. And then I would just almost try to split Noel and Taj 50-50, depending on what the matchup is. Uh, obviously, you know, sometimes I would lean more Taj, more Noel whatever, but that, that would basically be it. So actually, I guess I did go about 10 deep there, or maybe that was, that was nine. So that was also nine, I think. Or was that eight? I don't know. I can't count. I'm trying to count it now based off like the box score tonight. Actually, that was eight, I think. So I think I nailed it. Yeah. So that's who I would, that's who I would have in there. Um, and you know, maybe you could flex in, uh, someone else if if need be i don't know who else it would be if you're essentially banishing alfred payton to the shadow realm um could be uh, yeah i don't know i just don't think i would want anybody else touching the floor other than those guys that i mentioned so i kind of think that's it just keep it tight you know guys might get tired or whatever but it's the playoffs it's the last time you're going to be playing for the year they'll have that energy based around that. And, and I think it'll be okay. Plus it's actually like normal amounts of rest in between playoff games anyway. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, worry too much about that, but I'm ready to move to the fun question to here. Fun question from Aussie Nick fan is what are your top three Clyde phrases and sayings? We should probably pass this back and forth so we don't steal each other's, but I'll let you take first stab Gavin. What's your, what's one of your favorite Clyde phrases or sayings? I feel bad doing this on the fly. I feel like it should be it should be a full episode, but I'll start off with the one Mike Breen mentioned as his favorite tonight: precocious neophyte. I think it just uh, it epitomizes like Clyde's uh, Clyde's obsession with with language and finding uh, the most like complex way to describe something for the sake of complexity, and, and doing so in a in an adorable but also like uh, just uh, not visually, um, uh, audio wise, uh, audio appealing. I'm trying to think what, what's the, oh, this is, this is really bad for a podcast. Sonically. So yeah, sonically, there you go. Sonically appealing, uh, way. Uh, so I, I, I'm a big precocious neophyte guy. I like, uh, I think, hmm, 
it's tough to pick a favorite. It's like trying to pick your favorite, like your favorite pizza topping or like favorite type of pie or whatever. It's like, they're all good. I, I just don't know. Uh, I would say probably though, one of my favorites, I don't know why it's just always, it always gives me a little chuckle is uh, uh feline quickness canine attitude. I always like that one. I'm just, that's another one of those ones. It's just so like, it's almost like nursery rhymey, but it just works because it's Clyde saying it and it's just so fun. I don't know. I, I always like that one. That's been one of my favorites for, for a long time now that always seems to put a smile on my face. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't, you didn't go with posting and toasting your, your blog. Uh, I think, uh, I think that, that might be, that might be my final answer for a last one. It's just, uh, I just, I just like the idea of like you're toasting your defender. Like what, what would be worse than, than toasting someone? I mean, that's, that's about as, as bad as you can do an opponent. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna go with that one. Maybe it's my next one, but I actually, I actually do like the other one better. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think. We don't have to end on just three combined, though. Let's see three each. There's so many to pull from. Uh, I'm trying to think what what my, I say that, and then now I'm like, huh, what's my next one? Uh, I think mm, I would say my next favorite Clydeism. Oh, uh, uh, is the I'm trying to remember what the actual, I, I should know this because he says it all the time, but 50, 50 feet, the court's 50 feet wide, not wide enough. Is the court 50 feet wide or is it like 52? I think it's 50 I always feet wide. Yeah, I think it's 50 feet. So he always goes 50 feet wide, not wide enough, Mike, <laughs> and does one of those. That's always a good one. Well, I got, always... I, I'm, I'm looking up some and I'm remembering some of my favorite. I, I, I love uh, duping and hooping is incredibly satisfying and Nick with the knack are also those are two that again it's not it, for me it's it's all about like they're all roughly equally clever um it's it just like which ones i hear and i just i get like it, it's like it's like listening to a headspace meditation i just i just feel relaxed after certain ones okay here's here's my final one and this one's a quiz for you gavin what is the cardinal sin of passing oh uh well i know it's i know it's jumping before you pass but i forget yes, exactly how he phrases it yeah that's that's it. That's exactly what he says. He says that's oh the cardinal sin of passing, Mike. He jumped before he before he knew what he was gonna do with it. That's I I literally I will never like not know what the cardinal sin of passing is. And every time someone jumps when they're going to pass it, even if it's a game like I could be watching a game on ESPN, and you know someone completely unrelated to the Knicks will jump in the air and go to pass it, and in my head. Every single time I go, oh, that's the cardinal sin of passing. Clyde is not happy with that one. I know the the irony is like Randall's been killing it with that move all year long, and to the point our, our guy Mike Forkinov wrote a whole article about it. But uh, yeah, yeah. In, in general, I think it, it, it's it's bad if you don't have intent before you do. Yeah, it's probably driving Clyde up a wall Maybe. that the Knicks yeah. have that the Knicks have Randall and Rose doing that to great effect right now. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> he hasn't why, been saying it as much lately. I think because it's been working for them. So no, much. I think that's why he loves Elf so much is because Elf doesn't pass at all. So there's no opportunity for him to uh, jump before he passes. There you go. Yeah. And he does. I, I think his way of burning Randall back for that is that like once or twice every game, he brings up, oh, turnovers. That's Randall's only only blemish on his record this year is turnovers. And you know he just wants to be like maybe if he stayed on his feet when he was passing more maybe he would be you know turning the ball over less. But yeah, I, actually I don't I don't know that I could ever see Clyde even having that much malice in his heart to harbor a grudge over that. But I guess we'll see. He does tend to have. I also like it's not really a saying of his, but I like when you can just 
tell that he has it out for a certain player on any given night. Like usually it's on the other team and he'll just be like roasting them constantly. And I'm like, Ooh, man, like Rudy Gobert was one of them where in those couple jazz games earlier this year, he just like destroyed Gobert both times. Just being like, Oh, Mike, he doesn't look like he's worth that. Like, what did, what did Gobert yeah, well, get? He just, he just always dollar? references someone's contract. And he's like, the $178.456 million man, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, why, and why do you know that? And you're like, he has a clause in there that he gets dinner delivered to him in the hotel by a man in a tutu, Mike. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you yeah. – why, why, why would you – did you read the contract, Clyde? What, <laughs> and particularly with Gobert, man, he was he was destroying him about being like, oh, he's not worth that money. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I don't know what Gobert did to him. Actually, I did get the impression, now that I'm remembering, I got the impression that Clyde was – blaming Gobert as essentially NBA's patient zero and screwing up Clyde's summer plans last year. Oh yeah, that was that was it. Yeah, he made like it's like Mike, he started the corona and like Mike's like, well, I mean, no, it would originate in Wuhan Clyde. He's like, no, 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 he started it, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, like he was the one that brought it to the NBA. (laughs) Oh man. But that's why you don't go to the China in the season, Mike. You wait till that But that was that was a good question from yeah. Aussie Nick fan. Now we got one final one, and I didn't know what to make of this. I'm going to be completely honest because I, <laughs> I think I made it clear enough. I was not paying good attention to this game after about the first quarter. We need a night off every once in a while. We watch so many games. Like when there's one that's so clearly decided like this, I just can't bring myself to watch every second of it intently. Uh, but Howard Bunces at H Bunces on Twitter said the NBA gave RJ's two free throws to Randall. How is it possible they keep making these mistakes? I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know what this is in reference to. Yeah, so Alex, I, I assume. I, yeah. I was going to be really sanctimonious early in the podcast and be like, yeah, you know, Alex, I was really locked in. Here's some notes on IQ shooting in the third quarter. But I, I think I, 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 if this happened, I completely spaced out during it. So apologies to Howard, but I, I also missed this one. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, man, screw the NBA. I can't believe that they gave – RJ's two free throws to Randall. That's a disgrace. So that's that's all I got. On I, that. I I guess the only thing is like I do know sometimes like you'll see it where like a bad free throw shooter will get fouled and a really good free throw shooter will start going to the line, but the refs and announcers always seem to catch it before it goes anywhere. So maybe the Knicks pull the fast one on maybe. them. But Howard Howard seems to be upset about it, so I'm not. I I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. At any rate, what a note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been Locked on Knicks. Uh, We will be back with, uh, actually, if you're you're listening probably to this on Thursday. So if you want to talk with us and ask us some stuff to our faces or to our ears, uh, come through on Locker Room again uh, today, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be on the Locker Room app. Check us out there. We'll be, you know, answering whatever questions you guys want. As long as we don't have any technical issues, which we did last week, uh, but I think we've got it figured out, we'll have you on the Friday edition of Locked on Knicks for Fan Friday. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll you know notify everybody on Twitter and stuff when we go live. But until then, till later, this has been Locked on Knicks. And if you want to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, check out the Locked On Today podcast. 
Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. But until next time or possibly until later today, again, come through on Locker Room. This has been Locked On Knicks for Gavin Shaw and Alex Wolf. Peace out. Talk to you all soon.